Uh, we'll just start with a reading. So for those of you that prefer to follow in the Bibles, um, it's page TC4. And we're reading from Joshua. Joshua chapter 24, verse, just two verses, verses 14 and 15. Joshua 24, 14 and 15. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped before the river Euphrates and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living, But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Okay, so question for you today. Whose side are you on? Okay, we've thought about the Commonwealth, haven't we, and whose side we've been supporting, under whose side we're on. This passage um, we just read was um, the very final message that Joshua ever, ever gave. It was his final words to the people of Israel, and um, he didn't give a, a soft, comforting message. He, gave, he chose to give a message that was really challenging as his last word to the people. It was an ultimatum, and he said, choose who you're going to serve, whose side are you going to be on? He said, you can either serve the Lord, who has proved his faithfulness to you time and time again over the years, or you can choose other gods that are more tangible, that might seem more real sometimes. And God asks us to do the same, doesn't he? We have to choose whose side we're on. Why do we have to choose a side? Can't we just drift through life and make decisions as and when they come up? Is it really that big a deal, making an actual decision as to whose side we're on? I think you know the answer. Yes, it is a big deal because God is a jealous God. This is a quite unusual word to use here, isn't it? Jealous, it's quite old-fashioned, and it's used in its original meaning. Um, The other passage I could have read was the Exodus 32 passage. Do you remember where Moses was up Mount Sinai meeting God, and the Israelites were still down in the camp, and Aaron was looking after them? And um, and they decided they were bored with um, their God, and they wanted to go back to their old gods. And um, God was really displeased, and he, he dealt with them in a very, very severe way. In fact, it was so severe that I did actually consider reading Exodus 32 and decided it was unsuitable for an all age. That's how severe God dealt with the Israelites. If you want to remind yourself how he dealt with that, um, I'll encourage you to read Exodus 32 for yourselves. But it was, it was very severe because he's a jealous God. And it doesn't mean jealous in the fact that he was greedy. He just loves us so much. Do you remember last week we sang um, Jesus love is very wonderful so high you can't get over it so wide you can't get round it and so low you can't get under it it's completely encompassing and because he loves us so much he won't share us with anyone he won't share us at all not under any circumstances and God is a jealous God we have to choose a side we can't just drift on we might think we're on our own side. We might think we're not any, on any side in particular. But the truth is that we're all under 
the influence of someone or something all of the time. Whether we realise it or not, we do have to choose a side. Someone once said, didn't they, that no man is an island? And that's true. We're all under someone's influence. Just wanted to um, just look at this picture. This is a, a picture of Eilid Child, the um, Scottish 400 metres hurdler. Uh, this picture was actually taken four years ago, as you'll see from, um, from the front in, in Delhi. And um, a couple of things struck me about this. One, she's obviously delighted that she's just won a medal. But the other thing that struck me was that she's obviously really proud of, of who she belongs to. You didn't need me to tell you that she was Scottish. She's literally flying the flag of Scotland. And I wonder who or what we represent. Can people tell from looking at us and watching us whose side we're on and who we represent? Um, Those of you that enjoy football uh, may remember Ryan Giggs was asked a question in an interview several years ago. And the interviewer said, do you never wish that you'd been born English so you could play for England? And he, he kind of looked a bit puzzled about this, and he looked almost offended. And, and he said, well, no, why would I want to play for England? Um, I'm Welsh. This was at a time when England were quite a good team. I don't know if you remember that. Some of, <laughs> some of you may be old enough. Um, and he said, no, why would I play for England? I, I'm Welsh. He said, it's a little bit like asking an Englishman, do you wish you were born Brazilian to play for Brazil? And this was at a time when Brazil were quite a good team. You may remember that as well. Sorry, Nigel. Um, but no, he was proud of being Welsh. And um, if we're Christians, we should be proud to say we belong to the Lord. Um, do you ever go into work on uh, Monday morning and someone says to you, what did you do at weekend? Or for the younger people, what happens at, at school when you go into Monday mornings? I know what happens when people ask me that. I talk about if we've seen anyone for a meal, had people over, or we've been anywhere. I talk about if I've done any decoration or jobs. I talk about lots and lots of things. And then sometimes, now and again, the word church gets mentioned. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't think we should beat ourselves up. I don't think God has to be part of every conversation when we're discussing non-Christians. But sometimes it's appropriate. There will be opportunities to share our faith with people. And um, Luke chapter 9, verse 26 says this. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words... The Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Let's face it, if we've discovered something really good, we should want to share it, shouldn't we? Let's not be ashamed. Let's be proud of who we belong to. Just want you to have a look at these two pictures. Um, Very contrasting pictures. The first one is of three men training for the first ever Uh, recorded, timed marathon, which was in um, 1896. That picture was taken in in Greece. The picture below is um, of the Kenyan who holds the the current world record. Um, First time marathon was won by a guy called Louis Spiros. Spiros Louis, sorry. And you won't be surprised to know that he was Greek. Um, And the Kenyan is Wilson Kipsang. But just look at those times for a second, okay? First one, um, not that much more than 100 years ago, we could run the marathon in around three hours. Okay. Last year, we could run the marathon in round about two hours. It's easy to get blasé about these world record times, isn't it? But 
but just look at the difference in those two. It's absolutely staggering. How is that possible? How is it even possible to cut down on a time so much? I think the answer's probably fairly obvious. It's training, isn't it? Poor old Spiros, he was um, actually a Greek water carrier. I say poor old Spiros, he was the world record holder, so he did pretty well for himself, didn't he? But he just crammed in the training whenever he could, whenever he had time, and he did what he could. Wilson Kipsang, he's got access to all the latest technology, all the best training methods, probably got a sports psychologist, maybe. Um, he eats the right things, does the right things, and importantly as well, he avoids doing the wrong things too. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 9 says this, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we, that's us, the church, we do it to get a crown that will last forever. A crown that lasts forever, that's worth training for, isn't it? We all need to spend time with God, reading his word, praying together and meeting for fellowship and worship. Training makes all the difference. So there's a couple more points I want to make quickly, but just before we do, I just want to recap. Whose side are we on? We can't be on no one's side. Our God is a jealous God. We have to choose a side. We have to be proud. And we have to train hard. It's, that's a lot of responsibility, isn't it? Do you not think? Do you ever feel that you can't make God's expectations or you can't match up to them? I do. I feel that all the time because God demands perfection and we can't reach it on our own. Psalm 124 says this. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side when the people attacked us, they would have swallowed us alive. When their anger flared against us, the flood would have engulfed us. The torrents would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. Praise be to the Lord. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We can't do it on our own. But we're not on our own. Because when we're on God's side, he's on our side. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Romans 8 says this, if God is for us, who can be against us? Well, if we're honest, probably lots of people are going to be against us. Certainly Satan's going to be against us. He hates Christians. And there's probably going to be a fair few people in the world that are against us as well when we find out what we stand for. But the point is this, it's not that no one's going to be against us. The point is that we're on the winning side. Romans 8 again. He who did not spare his son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with all things, graciously give us, sorry, also along with him, graciously give us all things? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And it goes on to say, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We already know we're on the winning side. That's something that all the nations that entered the Commonwealth Games couldn't say. They didn't know they were going to be on the winning side. None of the football teams that entered the World Cup knew they were going to win. We know already we're going to 
we're going to win. Because the Bible promises that at the end of the day, when all's done, regardless of what problems we face in this life, we are more than conquerors through him. Last slide now. Um, I asked a question a while ago, or I told you a story of um, my friend at work, um, Andrew, who's German, but lived in America most of his life. And during the World Cup, he had to decide who to support, the USA or Germany. Do you know who he chose to support? I'll give you a clue. He doesn't know much about football. (laughs) So he chose to support the USA. It was an easy choice for him. He was German. It was on a plate. He could have been part of something fantastic. Not only did Germany go on to win that game, they went on to win the World Cup. How good would that have been to uh, support the team that won the World Cup? Something I dream of. (laughs) But that was his choice. He made his choice and he chose, I think, the wrong choice. Let's not make the wrong choice. Let's decide every day who we're going to serve. Let's be proud to belong to the Lord. Let's train hard to win the prize. Let's remember that if we're on God's side, he's on ours. And let's celebrate because we've already won. Our last song uh, reminds us of the one who gives us strength to train and to do the right thing and make the right choices. Please stand together as we sing, There is power in the name of Jesus.